I'm going to see a victory. And this is just kind of unique in the fact that not that we haven't heard that song so many times, but, um, you know, it's something that we're hearing a lot lately. But isn't it current? Isn't it just very relevant in this time and this season that we're in that we would declare, I'm going to see a victory? Um, So that's the title of my message today. How many of you know that God's in the business of saving lives and not destroying them? I don't believe for a second that anything that's of sickness or disease or turmoil or trouble is from the Lord. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he, he declares and he says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. They're plans to give you a future and to give you a hope. With that being said, let's just go ahead and bow in prayer as we get into the message today. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you just anoint me and give me the words to say, Lord. Speak through me by your spirit, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you'd anoint each and every person watching online today, Father, and in person here, Father, that you would just anoint them to receive your words, Lord, that their spiritual eyes and ears and their hearts would be open and receptive to really get, really receive and obtain all that you have for us by your word and by your spirit today. In Jesus' Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. So in James 1:17, the word of God says, Every good thing and every perfect thing is from above. So that means good and perfect, then it can be from God. But if it's not good and it's not perfect, then it's an attack of the enemy or it's our flesh and it's things that we're combating. Actually, the word of God says that we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and wicked spirits in high places. So really this battle that we're facing and the fact that you have to stay home and the fear that we're facing, people are facing, um, is not a battle of flesh and blood, but it is a battle First of all, that belongs to the Lord. He's going to fight your battle for you. But it's a battle against spiritual things and against wicked spirits. The enemy is trying to kill, steal, and destroy from God's people, whether you're a believer yet or not. Um, The enemy's trying to destroy. But God can take this and turn it around. For your good. If, if I'm talking about either the current circumstances with this virus going on or whether it's, you know, you're faced with sickness or lack or, or different things in your family life, God can take it and turn it around for your good. So God hasn't stopped saving lives and he's not going to stop today. He doesn't change. Amen. In Malachi 3.6, he says, I am God and I change not. And so God never stopped fighting for you. He hasn't left your side. Um, He hasn't started um, bringing viruses into the land um, to, to show you something or to prove something to you. Every good thing and every perfect thing is from above. And so God hasn't changed his ways, but what he can do is turn things around for our good that the enemy meant for evil, that, that God can turn that thing around for our good. And I've been hearing that in my spirit for the last two weeks, not because of the song, but by the spirit of God, I've been hearing him say, he's been saying, he said, I can turn all things around for your good. So, and that's for the body of Christ. Whatever it is you're facing, God 
can get the victory. God can turn that thing around. Whatever the enemy meant to use to attack you, to destroy you, to take you down and take you out, God can turn it around for your good. And we're going to look today on how he has done this over and over and over throughout scripture. And I'm just going to highlight a few of the times. But every single time the enemy meant for something for evil, God, in the word of God, turned it around and he got glory out of it. And it's just so awesome. And so I've been seeing him do this over and over in the word. And just the fact that I know that God doesn't change gives me an assurance. It gives me a peace which passes all understanding to where even all this is going on, even though um, the stores are emptying out of um, some essential things and things like that, TP being one of them, um, even though this is going on, I haven't lost a wink, meaning like I haven't lost any sleep over it. I just have the peace which passes all understanding. Why? Because I know my God is greater. Amen. The word of God says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I know God is bigger than all of this. And anything that um, the enemy means for evil, God can turn it around for our good. God cares about each and every one of us. And he's not about to send destruction before people can come to know the Lord. He's not about to do that. In 2 Peter 3, 9, the word of God says, God wishes that none would perish and that all would come to repentance. I don't know about you, but I don't think that we've seen this revival, this big revival that he's prophesied about in the word of God. I don't think that we've seen it yet. And so with that being said, this time is not the end yet. Yeah, it's the signs of the times. But, and, and, this is the time where believers need to not just sit on their couch, which I understand you're at home, you're sitting on your couch, you're watching this. But it's not the time to just lay back and stop seeking the face of God. But in fact, it's the time to rise up, to shake yourself off and take your place in the body of Christ because God wishes that none would perish and that all would come to repentance. Um, God loves his children. And so I know with this being said, with everything that the enemy means for evil, what God God's actually doing is he's going to awaken the sleeping giant. He's going to awaken believers right where they're at in their homes. Um, they're going to start hungering and thirsting after the things of God because of what is going on, because we're being made to stay home, and because we can't assemble ourselves together. The enemy is trying to destroy the assembling of the body of Christ because there's strength in numbers. But what he doesn't realize is God's turning it around and he's going to wake up the sleeping giant. He's going to wake them up to shake themselves off and take their place. Amen? And so I just want to look at a few times that the Lord did this in the word of God today. Um, in Genesis 50 is a story of Joseph. You all know the story of Joseph. His brothers... Um, you know, were jealous, you know, that he had favor on his life. He was having these dreams from God, and, and they were just really irritated with him. They're, he's the younger brother, and they were jealous of, of the favor of God on his life and the favor from his dad. And um, so they plot to kill him, and they end up throwing him in a pit and beating him up, and he ends up getting sold into slavery ends up in prison or in jail or whatever, um, and um, a whole lot of things take place. So we're going to fast forward to Genesis 50, verse 20. So um, his brothers come into town, and at this point, he's alongside Pharaoh. He's alongside the king. And 
they are recognizing him and they're pleading with him for forgiveness. They need food. There's a famine in the land. And in Genesis 50, 20, they're apologizing to Joseph. And they're like, forgive us. And he says, don't worry about it. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for the good to accomplish what is now being done for the saving of many lives. I love that. Because, of course, it wasn't God's evil plan to throw him in a pit to be sold into slavery, to be thrown into prison. That was not God's plan because everything good and perfect comes from the Lord. But what God did was devised a plan to turn around what the enemy had planned for the good of God's people. And God ended up saving many, many, many lives through this one man who looked to the Lord for his strength and for his help. So because God doesn't change, we know that he is in that work again. That even now when times look, um, you know, scary and and people are raging in fear and and going about and just kind of acting crazy, and I'm sure it's not going to get too much better before it gets a little bit worse, and I'm not trying to plant fear in you, but where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord. And so in this situation with Joseph, God took what looked absolutely horrible and he turned it around and set him on high and put him in a place of of prestige and put him in a place of authority and put him in this position where God was exalted, where God was um, put on a pedestal. Basically, whatever the enemy meant for evil, God turned it around and saved many, many lives. And God's in that business still today. He's turning things around for our good, and he's taking it and using it to his advantage. As I was writing this message um, last night, it was late, it was like late, like midnight or something like that. Um, I had all the notes and things like that, so don't get me wrong. I wasn't in the um, Word at last minute. But um, I was just meditating on the Word and actually just putting everything together. And I had a vision, a really clear vision, and it actually was of the sleeping giant. And um, if you guys know the, the actual original vision um, given, by, given to, by the Lord, to Tommy Hicks in 1954 um, during an Argentina revival, I want to encourage you to look that up after this message. Um, but what I saw was an enormous giant, like that of like, you know, the myths. And he, he was just this enormous giant, and I saw him just shaking like cutting loose, you know, strongholds and bondages and things that were holding them down. And that is the believers today. What is happening is shaking us up. And in not a bad way, but God is going to use the situation and the fact that we're having to stay at home for church and we're being mandated to do these things. God is going to do something major in this time, in this season. He is going to awaken the sleeping giant. There is some shaking going on. And sometimes we need to get uncomfortable before God can do something. Look at Joseph. He became very, very uncomfortable before God could raise him up to do what God had called him to do. And so I saw this sleeping giant and he's being awakened and he's shaking the chains off and he's rising up and taking his place. Ephesians 5:14 says, "Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you." 
God wants his believers to just be full of glory. And I teach on that a lot because it's part of my calling is to help usher in the greater glory of God and to see believers step up and step in and take their place. But God, this is something he is doing right now. He is telling the body of Christ, this is not a time to sit by. This is a time to awaken. This is a time to press in like never before. James um, 4, 8 says, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. It's a time to press in like never before and draw close to God. Most of you are at home. You're not able to work, a lot of you. And so you have extra time. Don't use it. Don't waste it by sleeping or don't waste it by watching obsessive amounts of TV, but spend more time with the Lord. He will reveal himself in a greater way to you like never before. This is the time to awaken the sleeping giant. Amen? And so the thought came to me on Wednesday. It was our first time having to do an online service. Um, and the thought just came to me. Believers, once we come back together, because we are going to come back together. This is going to come to an end. This is not, you know, the end of the end times. We're going to be able to assemble again together. But um, when we come back together, I want to encourage believers. And it came to me on Wednesday. The thought just kept running in my head. We need to not forsake the assembling of ourselves. So often, church pews and, and churches, I know that there's mega churches out there, but there's probably thousands of people not even attending on Sundays that could be attending and gathering together and assembling themselves to lift up the name of Jesus, not to take that for granted anymore or take that lightly and just sit by and say, oh, I don't feel like it today. You know, I want to encourage you to stand up and, and take your place in the body of Christ and be a part of that awakening of the sleeping giant. Amen. And so with that being said, the Lord is doing something major. And I love what the Lord spoke to my heart as I was writing out the message title, I'm going to see a victory. It wasn't just to be a part of the fad that's going on. And actually, I wasn't even, um, I only get things from the Spirit of God. I don't want to preach something that I just come up with and I think it's good because a lot of times I feel like it's a flop. And so I wait to hear from the Spirit of God what it is he's saying. And I kept hearing it in my spirit, I'm going to see a victory. I'm like, okay, you know, it's this, the current song or whatever. And then I kept hearing in my spirit, I'm going to turn things around for my good. And I started to write it out, and um, this is so awesome. I wrote it out, I'm going to see a victory. And a lot of times we tend to think of, and even just telling um, our media guy what the title of the message was, um, he's like, don't you mean like we as believers are going to see a victory? And I was like, no, it's I'm going to see a victory, as in God is declaring I'm going to see a victory. And um, I was like, wow, you know, when I was writing that out, the Lord spoke to me. He says, I'm going to see a victory. And that, like, bears so much more weight. Yes, it's good for we as believers to take what God's word says and be like, yeah, I'm going to see a victory because he can turn things around for my good. And you can get excited about that and have faith in God. And that's good, and we need to. But when God says, I'm going to see a victory in this situation, I'm going to turn things around for my good. Not necessarily just for our good, but it's for his good. And how many of you know that God doesn't fail? Right? And so every time that he saw the enemy coming at him, do you think he was shaking in his boots? No. He just had a plan. And if the enemy tried to detour his plan, God came up with a better one. 
And so every single time we look in the word of God where the enemy was up against God's people, God turned it around for their good. And concerning what you're facing right here, right now, today, in this time, in this season, God declares, I'm going to see a victory. It's going to be, he's going to get glory out of this. And the glory that I believe that he's going to get out of this is the awakening of the sleeping giant. The believers are going to rise up shake themselves off, getting rid of sin, getting rid of defeat, getting rid of laziness, and wake up and take their place in the body of Christ with boldness. And with boldness, in Acts 4, the believers came together and they said, Lord, grant unto us boldness that we might preach your word. Well, this is the end times coming up here, and we need boldness that we might preach his word. And what did they mean by that? They wanted God to back them up to demonstrate with miracles, signs, and wonders, believers, that is what is about to happen in this last days. If you will shake yourself off, getting rid of sin, getting rid of the flesh, and yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, you will rise up as the sleeping giant and take your place in the body of Christ for this end time harvest. Amen? Hallelujah. So God has never changed, God hasn't changed, and he has never failed. You know, you look at all these stories in the Bible, I could name off a whole bunch, but a few of them are David and Goliath, who won there? God. Jehoshaphat, who won? God. Moses and the Israelites, who won? God. Joseph, God turned it around, God won. Okay, and so we see a pattern here that God never fails. Amen. And so it's time for the bride of Christ to rise up. Stop fearing. Stop worrying about what men can do to you. Stop worrying about even what the enemy can do to you. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. So God told me and he spoke to me and he said, it's not done. The time of um, revival is just begun. The shaking has only begun. He says he's turning the tables. <laughs> so whatever the enemy has been up to is just irrelevant. God's about to turn the tables, and God's about to get the victory. He says, I'm going to see a victory. So in Isaiah 60, verse 1, he says, arise and shine. He's speaking to believers. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Like I said, I speak a lot on the glory of God, but really this is a time to get into God's presence to where his presence manifests in your home, in your car, in your secret place, whatever that might be. Um, and then just let him fill you up with his presence. Let him fill you up with his glory till the glory of God rises upon you, till you can walk in boldness and in confidence um, in your creator, in your God. And you'll watch and see that the Lord will do mighty things through you, his people. So let's just take a look at a couple of these stories. I know we looked at Joseph. but Let's take a look at David in 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to read the little story here, so just bear with me. Um, 1 Samuel 17, verses 32 through 47. So this is David's story and how God got the victory. He says, don't worry about the Philistines, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's a man of war since his youth. First of all, we need to realize that our God is bigger than any enemy. 
Amen? That no weapon formed against us will prosper. All who rise against us will fall. So it doesn't matter if it's sickness or disease. It doesn't matter if it's coming against your family. It doesn't matter what's going on in this world. Whatever the trouble is, our God is greater. And every single time I look in the word of God, it was impossible with man. But with God, all things are possible. So David persisted, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, um, he said, and when a lion or bear comes to steal the lamb from the flock, I will go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by its jaw, I club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I will do this to the pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. If God has done it before, which he has, and he has definitely done it in his word, he will do it again. If God has rescued you before or rescued his people before, he will do it again. Again, like I said, he does not change. You never see his people defeated. Saul finally consented, all right, go ahead, and may the Lord go with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail, and David put it on and strapped the sword over it, and he took a step or two, and it was like, um, you know, stumbling around. He had never worn such things before. He says, I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from the stream, put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with a shepherd's staff he um, and a sling, he started across the valley to fight this Philistine. Okay. He takes what looks ridiculous to man and depends on the Lord. And that's where our hope, that's where our strength comes from, is from the Lord. He, his trust was solely in God. He knew that God had delivered him before and that he would do it again. And that's what we need to have confidence in, that God's going to see a victory once again, that God does not change, that it doesn't matter what we face. It doesn't matter whether it's you know turmoil. It doesn't matter whether it's sickness or infirmity. It doesn't matter whether it's a disease or a virus or even just somebody's coming against you personally at work or whatever it is, whatever your turmoil is, God can see you through and get you the victory. Goliath walked out towards David with his shield um, bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at his um, rugged face, this rugged-faced boy. He says, am I a dog, he roared at David, that you would come to me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defied, he says, with confidence. And that's what we need to have right now, is confidence that God doesn't change, confidence that he doesn't leave us or forsake us, and confidence that he will get the victory. Today, the Lord will conquer you, he says. I will kill you and cut off your head and give the dead bones of... Um, of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that God rescues his people, but not with a sword or a spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you 
to us. I want to say this. This is the Lord's battle. And he will give the enemy to us. We get the victory because we're on the Lord's side. We are on the winning side. Amen? And God never fails at a battle. Every single time the enemy might look ginormous. And in in this instance, he was a giant. In your instance, it might look like a mountain. But God gives you the power. He gives you the authority. He gives you the keys of the kingdom. He said, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart. Don't have doubt that God can and will remove that mountain or remove that giant. We need to take our, put our hope and our trust in our God for he is able, amen? So God gets the victory every time. Hallelujah. And so it's so awesome. Um, He was the only man, the real man, to rise up, but yet he was just a boy who had his faith and his hope and his trust in God. It's who God chose to use because um, he wasn't looking to the right or to the left for his answers. He was looking to the Lord. Um, In Joshua 6-2, we're talking about Joshua, the battle of Jericho. Um, And I'm just going to highlight a couple scriptures, but you can go read through these um, passages and learn that God always wins his um, battles. And so in Joshua um, chapter 6, verse 2, it says, But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho and its king and all of its warriors. That's verse 2. Then scrolling down through to verse 20, he says, so like a whole lot of instruction had happened between that moment and then this time. And as you know, for six days, they march around Jericho one time. And on the seventh day, they march around seven times because they're following and trusting in the instructions of God, that God knows how to get the victory. So that looked impossible. Like how in the world... Are we going to get the victory? How in the world are we going to conquer this promised land and get this promised land by marching around these walls? This looks like a giant to them. But they had their hope and their trust in God. And so on, in verse 20, it says, Suddenly, after being obedient to the Lord, suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites ran straight into the town and they captured it. How is that possible with God? All things are possible. Amen. And so, you know, really, um, the enemy really thought he had the Israelites. He, they, he thought he had God's people in bondage in Egypt. But God set them free. Brought a deliverer, Moses. Then the enemy thought he had them again in the desert. They're wandering around. They start worshiping other gods. They get distracted. They start, stop focusing on the Lord. And so a whole generation passes away, not able to enter into the promised land. But the next generation gets their focus right, focuses on God, understands that the God of their ancestors um, cannot um, lose a battle. And so they put their hope and their trust in God. And so that's God to the devil zero. (laughs) Two battles for the Lord, one and devil zero. Ephesians 6.12, I mentioned it before. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and rulers of darkness. So our weapons are not carnal. They're not flesh. We don't just, like David said, I'm not, you're coming to me with a sword and a spear, but I'm coming to you with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we're coming with this name, which is above every name, to which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. So we have been given the name to use 
in warfare. We have been given the sword of the Spirit in warfare to combat the enemy. And our trust and our hope needs to be in the Lord. We need to not take this time to get distracted and wonder and worry. Is there a God or or will he come through? No, this is the time to be so incredibly convinced and focused that our God is God and he is able and he will deliver us. Amen. So Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? There is no devil in hell. There is no enemy in this earth that can win over our God because he is greater. And I know right now I'm challenging um, wicked spirits in high places. I'm challenging the attacks of the enemy. But I don't care because God is God and he's the one who fights my battles. He's the one who gives me victory in Christ Jesus. So Joshua, we know the story. I'm going to go backwards a little bit here. But Joshua, he's the one who went ahead and carried out the plan of God. And he carried out what God had spoken to Moses. Um, In Deuteronomy 20, verses 1 and then verses 4, I'm just kind of going to hit up these couple verses. These are some things that the Lord had spoken to Moses. And we need to take this to heart for ourselves. He says, do not be afraid. For the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt is with you. So look at your life. You know, has there ever been anything that God's brought you through? Of course, you know. And, and you're not watching this by accident. And so if you are sitting there and you're like, yes, you know, God brought me through sickness. Or God brought me through a, a troubled marriage. Or God brought me through a, a abuse in my family and healed my broken heart. Or whatever it is that he's brought you through. That's like your Egypt. And he says, do not be afraid for that same God who brought you out of Egypt, who brought you out of that terrible moment in your life, he is with you. And then it says in verse 4, for the Lord your God is with you and he will fight for you against your enemies. But during the time that he's fighting for you, we need to put our trust and our hope in him. We need to not sit back and, I mean, yeah, I don't lose a a wink of sleep, but I'm trusting in God, and that's why. And that's why Jesus was able to sleep on the boat in the middle of that storm that the disciples were, like, freaking out about and worried that they were going to die. That's sad, but a lot of the body of Christ is freaking out all along with the rest of the world right now. But we need to be in faith. That every single time in the word of God, when you look at a battle, when you look at a situation where it looks like they're going to go under, that God turns it around for their good. So just like on the boat, you are in a boat with Jesus. And he's in total peace. He's taking a nap. He's not concerned or worried about a thing. That's what I taught Wednesday night. And we need to be the same thing. We need to be in faith and not in fear. Because this battle is the Lord's. Because he says, I'm going to get, I'm going to see a victory. I have mentioned this, Isaiah 54, 17. He says, no weapon, whether that's uh, against your flesh, whether that's against your spirit, against your mind. He says, if you'll put your trust and hope in him, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. All who rise against you, whatever kind of attack it is, will fall. But you have to put your trust and hope in him. 
He will see you to the other side of that storm. Yeah, there was a storm, and there are storms. We're in this earth, right? And so he says for us to watch out, for there is an enemy. He's like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour, and if he can, he will try. You know, you see him over and over try to devour and attack Christians throughout history because he hates us. But we do not need to fear or worry because God is in the boat with you. And he'll see you through to the other side of that storm. Okay, have confidence that God is going to get the victory. Let's look at one more passage here in 2 Chronicles 20. Verses 6, and then um, scrolling down to verse 27. Jehoshaphat, you know the story. So some people come report to him, and um, they say these armies are ginormous, and they're going to come and they're going to attack. We already heard through the grapevine. We know that this is going to happen. What are you going to do about this? Your army is not sufficient to win this battle. So he goes to the Lord, and in fact, he actually proclaims a fast. And I know there's some fasts going on right now for the victory over this virus. But I know there's a lot of people that were facing things before this virus ever happened. And maybe you're still facing that on top of this. And um, what, what Jehoshaphat does is he calls for a fast, and he calls for believers to come together, and they start praying, and they start fasting, and they start worshiping God. And guess what happens when you pray, and you fast, and you worship God? You hear from heaven. And God gives them the plans for what? Victory. And it makes no sense whatsoever, just like it didn't make sense for David to go out without armor and to go out without a sword. It makes no sense for uh, Joshua to march around the battle of Jericho and send out the praisers and, and, and the priests with the horns. And It doesn't make sense because what he's doing is it not, it's not by man's ability. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God, by God's power, God's strength, that we get the victory in every single situation. And so here again, Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 6, they come together, and this is Jehoshaphat's prayer. O Lord, our God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven You are ruler over all the kingdoms of the earth. So he's recognizing how big God is. You are powerful and mighty, and no one can stand against you. So he's reflecting on how God has defeated enemies in the past. And that's what we need to do, is reflect on how big God has been in the past. Amen? And then in verse um, 27, he says, The Lord has given them the victory over their enemies. And so that was the conclusion. So they face this battle. They go into it seeking the Lord, and they worship God and recognize and focus on how big God is. God gives them the plan, and it still looks impossible, whatever. They go ahead, and they're obedient to God's plan because they know in times past God gets the victory. And so I want to encourage you. You know in times past God has gotten the victory in your life. So this is no different. God doesn't change, and he always gets the victory in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so they line themselves up with the will of God. They send out the praisers. They send out the instruments, and they start worshiping God. And God comes, and he 
you know, his spirit comes and causes confusion among the enemy. And that's what's going on right now, people of God. If we will come together and we will rise up and take our place and start seeking God like never before and start praising God like never before, what is going to happen is the enemy is going to be turned on itself in confusion. And the attack of the enemy is going to be reversed. And God's going to turn things around for the body of Christ. God's going to turn things around by us rising up and shaking loose and taking our place, realizing that the greater one is on the inside of us. These little imps, you know, in the vision of um, this minister, um, Tommy Hicks, the, he, when he saw the sleeping giant shake himself, what he saw falling off was little nasty creatures. I mean, and they were little. And this giant was a giant, and, and it was deceived into thinking that it could be pinned down by these little creatures. But it's really our battle belongs to the Lord. If we'll yield ourselves to the Lord, to the Holy Spirit, we'll press into his presence and use this as a time to press in like never before. We will be that sleeping giant, but we won't be sleeping anymore. We're shaking ourselves off. We're getting rid of the things that are holding us in bondage from rising up and taking our place. And so this is the time that we need to be doing that. We need to be pressing into God's presence and know and have absolute assurance and not even let it affect us. Know that the battle belongs to the Lord and he's saying and declaring today, I'm going to see a victory. We're going to see a victory because he's going to see a victory. We're on his team and God is going to see a victory just like Jehoshaphat. And then in verse 29, it says, the Lord himself had fought against the enemies. That is what is going to happen. If we will put our trust and our hope in God, the Lord himself will fight against our enemies and get us the victory. Hallelujah. God gets the victory again in Jehoshaphat's situation, in Joseph's situation, in David and Goliath's situation, in Moses' situation, in Joshua. He gets the victory every time. And, and the reason I even went through those, um, all those stories is just to let you know, like over and over and over again, God never changed. Every single time he let the enemy think <laughs> he had us and he turns it around and he receives glory. And God spoke that to my heart the last two weeks. He says, I can turn all things around for my good. And then he spoke to me last night, I'm going to see a victory. Not me, him. He's going to see a victory in this situation. God is about to wake up the sleeping giant. And I want to speak to you today. Awake, O sleeper. <laughs> Rise up. Let the glory of the Lord shine on you. Amen. And this is a word the Lord spoke to me. I started writing it, and the Lord's like, that's a word from me, by the way. I just thought I was writing and so I just want to share it with you. It's super short, just a little paragraph. It says, people, God's going to get the victory. He hasn't changed. He's going to turn this around for our good. It's not time to fear. It's time to draw near, for the battle belongs to the Lord. Amen. I'm just going to close in a word of prayer, and then we're going to get ready to give our tithes and our offerings. And so please, as I'm praying, be preparing to give your tithes and your offerings. Um, what you want to do is you want to go to passionchurchmke.org.